Hello, friends. Happy New Year. This podcast is going up on New Year's Eve, although I imagine most of you probably won't get to it right away, but whenever you're listening to it, happy 2016. And uh, yeah, this is uh, on Monday, I sat down with comedian extraordinaire Matt Baskey, who is a local comedian from Victoria who's been doing it for doing stand-up comedy for a little bit, for a little while. And uh, I think he's a very funny guy. And uh, he's also very, like, smart, and he has, like, a lot of good thoughts that are useful to have when you're doing a podcast. I just want to say, like, when I first saw Matt Baskey, you know, I thought he was a really funny guy, and I really liked him, and I thought he was cool. I thought it would be cool to have him on my podcast, but now that I have had him on my podcast, I it is confirmed. And I think you'll, if you don't already know him, <laughs> um, if for some reason you're a listener and you don't uh, happen to, yeah, if you're not in Victoria or whatever... Uh, hey, here's a great introduction to a really cool guy. So, uh, hey, here it is. My interview with Matt Baskey. Theme song. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. My podcast, the Space Belt One podcast. I am Josh Levin, and I have a guest this week, or I'm a guest for him, but <laughs> he's like a guest on my podcast. Uh, what can I say about my guest uh, he's a stand-up comedian. He was around before I got into the scene, um, and he's very funny, and I thought it would be really cool just to have him on my podcast and find out more about him. He is Matt Baskey, and he's sitting there being very quiet and patient. Hello. Say something. Matt, Matt thanks for having me in my bedroom. <laughs> that sounded weird. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like Space Boot 1 on tour. You should, yeah, you could make this a thing, just like do a podcast at everyone's house. Like, I'm going to come over. Bring all my stuff. Yeah, I like it. I uh, yeah, it works for me. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm I'm not going to Gordon Head. Fuck that. <laughs> I can barely get out of bed. No, it's perfect. Yeah, it, uh, I get all I have to do is put a little bit of work in, and I get like all the talent just willing to be on my podcast. Yeah, exactly. And all I had to do was wake up. <laughs> um. Yeah, I like your setup here. It's. Like a yeah, I, I just rearranged everything. Like I used to have my TV kind of sitting in the middle of the floor, yeah. where you see that octagon left in the, in oh, the carpet there. Yeah. But I was kind of worried I wasn't gonna like stumble in drunk one night and knock it all over, which has almost happened a couple times. So I moved everything over into the corner, and I think it's working a lot better. I had to buy an extension cord, though, because it's an old house, so the the outlets are only on one end of the room. There's nothing (laughs) over there, Uh, so if you want to plug anything in, it either has to be sitting over there or you have to get an extension cord for it. Yes, I see we have have cords running the entire length of the room. Yeah, some of them are just aren't plugged in. I'm just figuring out where they go. I got a lot of shit I need to get together. Um, and I, sh- yeah, you weren't lying about your, you do a bit in your stand-up comedy about, uh, pizza boxes. Yeah, um, this isn't nearly as many as I've, uh, as I've accrued over the years. Uh, I think at the m- biggest number, I had about 97 in various <laughs> closets and piles throughout my apartment. Um, and then eventually my roommate's sister came over and demanded that we throw them out. She's like, this shit isn't flying anymore. So we had to toss them all, and that was... I was planning on using the cardboard for something, so I was kind of bummed. But, <laughs> oh, uh, okay. 
that never actually there's, happened. There's like a backstory to that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna make like a like a cardboard throne. I was gonna see if I could Sweet. get enough so that like make one you could actually sit on. But I'm infinitely lazy, and that probably wasn't actually gonna happen. Okay. So now I have all of these kind of stacked under my desk that I didn't have time to get rid of before you got here. Yeah. Well, I mean the. You can just throw out pizza boxes, right? Or, I don't know, is there, they don't fit in the garbage, or what? Uh, it's more that uh, I'm lazy, and okay. I don't want to carry a bunch of boxes down the stairs. That sounds lame. I'd rather just yeah let them pile up and become part of the room, part of the basket experience. Oh, man, I, I love that. Like, you're like a real character, like a, like a special, like nobody, like a snowflake of... <laughs> <laughs> There, there is one and only Baski. <laughs> Although there is another Matt Baski in Denver who runs okay. this construction company, and he's he does very well. I understand. <laughs> Bastard. Um, I notice you live right next door to Norway House. Are you like? Uh, it just occurred to me. I don't know what Baski. What kind of name that is? Uh, it's uh, it's derivative of Hungarian. It used to okay. be Baskovich way way back, I think. But uh, I'm not Norwegian, no. Uh, we live in this house, and we kind of are the caretakers of the hall. So all the or- old Norwegian people who come here over here, they always think we're Norwegian. Like, oh, yeah. you want to try some lutefisk? And we're like, no. <laughs> I can smell it from across the street. No, thanks. I like that. The, 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 yeah, that, that goes together. That If you're Norwegian, you have to like lutefisk. Yeah, I, I don't even know what it looks like. All I know is that I could smell it, and I stayed away. Like, it, you can smell it. Outside of the building it's in when it's frozen. It's just so rank. I don't know how anyone could eat that. But, uh... Hey, uh, let's ask about... Well, because I first saw you probably at Ratfish, or, or one, maybe want something else in town. I don't know, did yeah, you do Stone Throw? I never got to do Stone Throw, actually, no. Okay, so probably Ratfish then. Most likely. Um, and, uh... You had been there. How long were you there? Bef- like, well, how long have you been? I don't know. Doing stand up. I've been doing it for a little over two years now. Okay. Uh, I started at the beginning of November 2013. Okay. Shortly after I moved here. Okay. So yeah, you were there a little while before I showed up. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I there was a, a pretty long period until about when Chelsea Luopoff started, where I was like the only new guy for a while. Oh yeah. And then uh, a few more people started coming out, and they started staying, and that you know it's been building from there. Yeah. How do you tell like because it is there is some turnover. There is, um, yeah, especially around like uh, New Year's because a lot I think a lot of people do it as like a New Year's resolution thing, and oh, yeah. you know they want to try it out, but you know if you can't immediately get into it, you know if it isn't immediately like oh this is what I want to do, then you know they're probably not going to stick around. Yeah, and you know it's unfortunate, but at the same time, you know, it's not for everybody. There's a lot of work involved, and it, a lot of frustration that comes along with it. So yeah, exactly. Well, I yeah, I don't know. We talked, we've talked like off, you know, in in real life, or if you call ratfish real life, <laughs> but about bombing. I don't know. Have you bombed and stuff? And like, I would actually say, uh, with confidence, that I've bombed harder than anyone I've ever seen bombed ever. 
Oh, I like that. Like, I've definitely <laughs> heard stories of people doing worse, but I've never personally witnessed something worse than I did. Uh, it was at the Copper Owl, and some friends of mine who were in a, a band, a fantastic band called The Line Traps, uh, they wanted mm-hmm. me to come and do a set for their LP release party. And I thought, oh, that's great. I've never done a comedy punk show before. How long were you in comedy at this time? Um, it was... Oh, it was around the beginning of last year. So I was maybe like a year and a half. I had just started a new job, and I hadn't done any shows for a while because I was getting used to a new schedule. So I was pretty rusty going into this thing. And uh, so I get there, and I'm like, so what's the deal? What are we doing? They're like, well, what we're going to do is uh, when it's time for us to go up on stage, we'll start playing really loud so that everyone outside who's smoking will come inside. And then... We're going to leave and bring you up. You're going to do 10 minutes of comedy, and then we'll start playing again. And for some reason, I guess because I hadn't done many shows in a while, I was like, yeah, sure, this sounds like a good idea. No (laughs) one's going to absolutely hate that. And so you have all these, you know, punk rock people who have been drinking, and they're expecting the line traps. It's why they're there. That's the reason they came. And instead, you know, the band's up there, and it was like, and now the comedic stylings of Matt Baskey. And I go up there, they didn't even leave the stage. <laughs> they just, like, sat at the back and chilled while I stand up there, and everyone's just giving me shit. Like, they're all screaming stuff at me. Nobody's listening to a word I'm saying. And I was just not ready for it. I, f- like, fumbled over everything. I got to the end of my set, and I realized I forgot to set up my last punchline. <laughs> so I got to where it was supposed to be, and all of a sudden I was like, it's not going to make any sense because I didn't say the first part. So instead I just like kind of froze for like 10 seconds and then just went, fuck it, line traps! And like (laughs) ran to the back of the room and like hid in a garbage can. (laughs) It was brutal. It was the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life probably. Huh. Yeah, I've heard stories about like doing comedy in between music. I've Mm -hmm. never heard it. Well, I've, the rare people say, like, they're really surprised if it worked out. Well, I think it's because, like, there were a lot of bands in the 90s that did that. Like, Nirvana would have Bobcat Goldwave come on and oh, do yeah. sets before yeah. they went up. And that works because it's Nirvana and it's Bobcat. But, you know, as yeah. much as I love the Line Traps or any band, really, like, not everybody's Nirvana. And I'm certainly not Bobcat. So right. I'm not going to win over a punk audience who have come to, you know, see a band they're looking to support. And they had another comedian uh, on that night, and she did a lot better than I did. Uh, so, you know, maybe I just suck. But Yeah. Uh, well, and it's always hard to open. Too. Yeah, well, I there were other bands on before okay. me, but like they just weren't giving me an inch. Like, and the worst part is, is that punk fans, and I feel bad for saying this because I'm I'm one of them. Like, I like punk a lot, but I, a lot of them are really kind of hipster douchebags. Oh, yeah. Like, they'll snap your head off in a moment's notice. So I go up there, and my opening joke is like, I've never done a CD release party. I always thought a CD release was something you get at Rock Bay at 2 in the morning, right? Not great, but that's what I had prepared. This is the only new joke I had. And before I even got to finish, as soon as I said CD release, they were like, it's an LP, not a CD. <laughs> I was like, oh, you fucking assholes. Ugh, this is... <laughs> love the music and you know I totally get it but some punk fans are just the worst people <laughs> biggest dicks um I like that story <laughs> <laughs> I love how uncomfortable you were that sounds great yeah Wish it could have been there uh that that's good um just to uh cause I don't think I got it um 
did you in Victoria? Did you start in Victoria? Like yeah, uh, I moved here from Chilliwack, and there was no scene out there. Like okay. as far as I know, there was like one comedic magician who performed at a bar like weekly, and that's it. So there were no open mics. You couldn't go and you know start comedy in a place like that. Yeah. And then I came to Victoria, and there was a couple of months where. You know, I, I wanted to do something, but I couldn't think of what. And then all of a sudden, I realized, holy shit, I've wanted to do comedy forever. I can probably do that here, and sure enough, I can. So oh, it's nice. pretty good. What brought you to Victoria? Um, Chilliwack being a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a job there right out of high school. I hated it. I was there uh, just under two years, I think. And then I finally realized that you know I'd had enough of the town. There's Nothing to do, no art scene, you know, right. no you good didn't movie think theaters. Of Vancouver or anything like that? Vancouver was a little more intimidating, and okay. also my dad already lived here, so I knew I could okay, come and room with him, yeah. you know, for free. Well, not quite for free, but I'd have yeah. a place to stay if I came here. All right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, uh, were you a big, let's see, were you more of a fan of comedy before, or how um, did that work? Yeah. To a, a pretty big degree, yeah. I listened to a lot of comedy um, when I was in high school. I, I listened to a lot of uh, Eddie Izzard and Brian Regan. And, okay. uh, you know, and my dad showed me a lot of uh, stand-up stuff from an early age, you know. Cool. Uh, you know, like uh, old Eddie Murphy shows and like Bill Cosby and stuff. So yeah. I kind of got into it from an early age. But there was a period where after I left high school and I was in this terrible job, I kind of forgot about comedy altogether. Yeah. And then when I came to Victoria, I was like, oh, yeah, this was like a sort of dream of mine that I forgot uh-huh. about. Uh, and you you did stick with it once you've in Victoria. You, you've been doing it ever since, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's definitely been a few periods where, because of one reason or another, I couldn't come out to shows as much as I'd like to. But, you know, I've kept with it since then. All right. Do you ever get the urge to quit? Do you ever get mm, that? There have been times, like after the show at the Copper Owl, where... I wouldn't say that I wanted to quit, but you ask yourself if you think it's worth it. Right. You know, like, if you're feeling really shitty after a bad show, and you're just like, man, is this even... Am I going anywhere with this? Is it going to get me somewhere? But eventually you realize that, you know, if you say no and quit, then that's it, you know? If you're asking yourself the question, you obviously care. Yeah, that's true. I think so. So that's kind of what's kept me in it, even at the parts where it seems like it's not worth the the trouble. Okay, so that's the lows, and we talked about bombing. Uh, yeah. I don't. It might not be as interesting to talk about the highs, but what about you know? Well, really I mean, crashing, killing. Like, have you had mm, really awesome sets? Not to the degree that some people have. You know, I don't. I don't feel like I've gotten to the point where I'm just like you know, lighting up an audience or whatever, but I've had some decent sets that I'm proud of, at least, and that mm-hmm. I would, you know, look back on and think, like, yeah, I, I can stand by that set, and I'm happy with it. And, you know, I, you know, have certain shows that stand out, you know, like the Chinatown shows, when those were on, like, I did that one, and it was fantastic, uh, going up to the Tall Tree Festival, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. were you went up there. Yeah. Did you just, that was just one year, or did, have you been there? Um, that was the first year they had comedy up there, okay. and it was so the first was, year. Yeah, I everybody went, yeah. like, all of our people went up there. Not everybody, well, but not a, 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 right. a good handful <laughs> of uh, solid hands from <laughs> right. the scene went up, and it was, uh, it was a great time, so that's, you know, a memorable set for me, because it's so different, you're in a different environment environment and people who wouldn't normally go out and see comedy or hearing your jokes and you know when you yeah. make somebody ha- like that have a positive reaction that's you know 
that makes you feel like it's uh, it's going somewhere. I like that. Did you, when you went up there, what did you do your material that you basically already had? For the most part, yeah. We had uh, a lot of other stuff going on. Like, basically, there was this stage that they built, and uh, the people who were running it basically had a free hand to do whatever they wanted. So, you know, there were, like, talk show segments and skits and stuff and, like, oh, yeah. musical guests and always something going on at this stage. So, you know, you do a set or two every day, and then you'd be involved in other stuff going on. So, yeah. Did yeah. you get to be in, like, skits and stuff? or Um... Nah, I wasn't in too many. There was an infamous uh, incident on the last day where uh, the day before I was, like, rapping around a campfire or something, and everyone was like, oh, you should do that tomorrow for the show. I was like, yeah, you think so? And I fucking choked so hard. It was, oh, embarrassing. And, uh, yeah, that kind of ruined the whole festival for everybody. <laughs> Uh, freestyle rapping, do you still keep ever try that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I get little things in my head here and there that I write down, but I haven't really done anything with it. Okay. It's not something that's high on my list that I want to do creatively. Uh, right. I Every once in a while I try to freestyle just around my friends. <laughs> and it goes off. It goes off. <laughs> it goes off. <laughs> Josh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, who do you, th- who, well, I was going to say, who do you like? In, but yeah, I'll ask that. I'll, I'll, I wanted to ask it eventually, maybe later, but I'll ask it now. Who do you like in Victoria? Who do you look up to? Who do you, who do you look, um, sideways at and think, yeah, that guy's really awesome. Like, you know, that Josh guy is really... Oh, yeah, that, that Josh guy, he's, uh, really li- lighten it up. Uh, well... I don't know. I mean, you learn things just by watching anyone do comedy when you when you start off, really. So I feel mm-hmm. like all the people who were around when I started, I learned a lot from watching them. Uh, but especially, you know, the the professional comics we have living in town, like Sean Proudlove. I've learned a lot watching that guy. Yeah. And, you know, just being in that environment around other people and, like, doing their sets, like, you get a little bit off of everything you see. So okay. uh, as far as people that I really like, uh, I think there are some new people that have been showing up lately that I think are really brilliant, and I hope they keep going out, like Colton Turcotte. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure you've seen him. Yeah. I think that guy is probably the funniest thing to ever happen on Earth. Like, he's so great. And, yeah, so, you know, you get people coming through all the time that are bringing something new and interesting to the table, so it's exciting to watch. And, uh... Yeah, uh, getting into um, when you write jokes, um, do you write them down? I actually don't. Um, I did for a while when I started, and then around uh, about a year into it, when I was in that period where I wasn't doing a whole lot of shows, when I started doing shows again, I just didn't write them down anymore. I don't really Mm -hmm. know why. I just stopped doing it. And I know it's probably a bad idea. Like, I should probably Mm -hmm. keep a better track of all my stuff and I do forget things a lot that I wish I didn't but yeah. I don't know it just seems to work for me I just keep everything in my head I mean I I write down the names of all my jokes and, and, yeah. and that okay. just so I remember like what order I, I want them in yeah. but the actual like mechanics and like writing of it uh, yeah I, I don't do that yeah and do you find yourself reconstructing your jokes every time or is it just sort of wrote after a while it it's it kind of differs like sometimes you get something and immediately you're like okay i can stretch this to a minute and a half like a, a minute long joke uh-huh. and then other times you kind of just put bits and pieces together like i'll have something that i told in the joke that didn't work last year that i really wanted to try again and then maybe you'll think of something 
that you can just sort of cram that into and make it work. And, you know, uh, so it's kind of like a quilting almost. You're just bringing different yeah, pieces like together it. and making a whole. Yeah. It's not the most organized way to do it, I guess, but, yeah. Uh, no, well, I think... I think comedy is like that's why I ask you because I think everyone has their own little way of doing it. Yeah, I know people. Some people write everything out word for word. Other people just do like short notes. Yeah. So I think it was just whatever works for you, and it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be your own thing. Um, you're a snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what about um? Have you been involved much in sort of helping out and things like producing and stuff? Not as much as I would have liked to. Yeah. Mostly just because of uh, various other life things. But this year I'm hoping to turn that around a little bit. I want to yeah. be doing more things creatively outside of just stand-up. Okay. And, you know, we'll see where that goes. I don't have anything concrete at the moment. But I definitely want to be working on that a lot more in the coming okay. year. Sounds good. Yeah, I, that's, I guess, yeah, if it's a... Res- if I'm going to make a resolution for New Year's, I think I might something like, well, it's kind of vague, but yeah, help out more, do more as far as producing and helping people who are producing shows. Mm-hmm. Just see where I can, you know, ask, hey, can I give a hand or whatever. And yeah, well, you do the door, Ratfish. Like, yeah, that's good. That's Yeah, I got to do that. That's, that's cool. I've seen you do the door before. Yeah, usually uh, whenever Shane's ex-girlfriend didn't show up. Right. <laughs> And um, and there's other shows around town. Uh, and there's going to be, like, 2016 is probably going to be a good year for you. Yeah, hopefully. I know there's a new show starting up at the Mint at some point in the coming months, which yeah. is, uh, you know, that's going to be cool. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully uh, people keep coming out to shows and, you know, uh, you know, hopefully get some new rooms going as well because it's always good to have, like, a, a fresh setting for comedy, you know. Yeah. yeah get people definitely. out there that normally wouldn't go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, oh, yeah, I wanted to ask about your um, your job. You got a new job. Yeah, uh, I've been working uh, at this hippie drugstore for the past couple of weeks now. Okay, hippie drugstore. Yeah, it, it's like a it's a drugstore and a pharmacy, but it's independently owned. It's not like uh, you know like the one you might see in like Walmart or whatever. So it's very uh, it's a lot more disorganized, and you find just the, some of the most bizarre products there. Uh-huh. Like, they import a lot of stuff from Europe and Asia, so you'll, like, somebody will bring up, like, a pair of Spanish socks to the till, and there's, like, it's not even a barcode on them. I'm like, how am I supposed to sell these? Why are they here? Why are we selling Spanish socks? Wouldn't it not be more cost-effective to get socks that you don't have to import from Europe? They're not even that nice of socks. <laughs> They're just, that's the only selling point, is that they're Spanish? I guess so. I, uh, I couldn't make any sense Medicinal of socks. Medicinal <laughs> socks. Uh, yeah, we definitely have a few of those. There's a lot of products <laughs> that, you know, I'll be, like, just scanning the shelves, looking at stuff, and I'll be like, ooh, what do you do? And then I'll read the description and be like, oh, God, <laughs> sorry I asked. Oh. Like, you'll pick up an innocent enough looking bottle, and it's like, oh, used to expel ringworms. Oh, gross. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, it's not fun. Do you have to have, like, a, some kind of training for that? or is it just Not really. I mean, I already had retail experience, and I'm just a cashier, so... Okay. You, know, you don't you need, can, like, a pharmacy license or something? No, I don't work in the pharmacy. Oh, I just okay. sit on the till and check out people's gluten-free granola bars and stuff. All right. Um, uh, did you, do you want to give them a plug? Uh, nobody's listening, but... <laughs> 
not knowing what I'm going to say about the business anytime oh, no. soon. <laughs> no. Let's uh let's not do a plug. Let's not say. Okay. I mean, it's a drugstore. If you need medicine, you'll go to any drugstore that's nearby. If you happen to be close to the one that I work at, well, then great. There's nothing I can really sell you on. It's like, oh, well, I mean, we have a lot of stuff you can't buy other places, and there are some things that are ridiculously inexpensive. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, those cliff bars are only like $2. For some reason, they're like $1.10 where I work. We make no money off of them. I wonder why they would, well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's one of these jobs that gives you time for comedy. Uh, yeah, I I have pretty good hours. I'm off by like six o'clock every day, so it's going to open a lot of doors for me to do a lot of different shows. Finally, because working nights really limits how many shows you can do, and it, yeah, that was a really frustrating roadblock for a long time. Is you know working a job that I was working at Seven Eleven for the longest time, and so I'd have to be there yeah. at night, and it just wasn't working at all. But yeah, this is yeah, much exactly. better. I can, I can work during the day, and it's nice. Yeah, you live. Uh, this is nice, central. Like where you live is kind of central in the. Yeah, it's nice. City. I can I can walk downtown like uh, in like ten fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, wh- yeah, what else? Do they there there aren't any real open like not open mics, but rooms outside of Gorge Street is probably the farthest away. And everything else would be more downtown. Right? More or less, yeah. Not that I can think of off the top of my head, but uh, I used to live on the gorge, so it's a bit opposite now. Like I it used to be, Ratfish was the closest room, and now it's like the farthest for me. So uh, yeah, and it's the one I go to the most, so it's a lot of walking. Well, let's find about your interests as far as gaming goes. Let's see oh if, yeah, see that. Well, I've been. Uh, it's no secret that I've been yeah. playing a lot of Fallout Four lately. Um, to almost an embarrassing degree, I took a week off to play it when it came out, and at the end of that week, I was like a higher level than like 96% of all players on PS4, so I was like, oh shit, maybe I have a problem, a little bit. Although I heard there's a guy in Russia trying to sue Bethesda for taking up all this time with Fallout 4. Huh. Like, apparently in a span of two weeks, he lost his job and his <laughs> wife left him and took his kids. He's like, it's all your fault because your game's too good. Huh. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm not quite there yet. I, I mean, <laughs> I took one week off. Who knows what would have happened if I took a second. Maybe everything could have <laughs> fallen apart like that guy. Uh, well, I like that. I like that you thought ahead far enough that you knew. Like, I'm gonna really want to. Oh yeah. Put time into this. Yeah, I mean, especially because I was still working at Seven Eleven at the time, so I was like, I, I need to set time aside so that I can get in a bunch of playing and then, you know, go back to work. But you know, it it worked out pretty good in my favor. I saw most of the game in that one week. Nice. But the only problem is now when I'm playing, and I was like, I'm running out of things to do. <laughs> Um, have you ever thought about game developing or stuff like that? Uh, that takes an entirely different skill set than I okay. have. I mean, I could potentially see doing, like, writing for a game, maybe. Yeah. Because that definitely interests me. Like, the aspect of video games that I like the most is usually the storytelling. Yeah. You know, I think you can create a lot of different, you know, diverse narratives using that. But I don't know if that's necessarily what I want to do. It'd be really cool, and I would relish the chance to do it, but I think you'd need uh, a lot more experience in that area than what I have. 
Sure, yeah. yeah. But, um, I mean, you are a creative person. You, I mean, you do stand-up. That's one thing. But, yeah. I don't know. Do you do, do you have other creative, like, um, writing or anything like I, that? I've had various things that I've done over the years that, you know, might have gone on for a while. See, I don't stick with things a whole lot. Mm. That's another thing I want to work on this year. If I'm going to be doing something other than stand-up, I really need to make it something that I can do on a regular basis that I don't just abandon after a couple months. Right. So, you know, I've had, like, different YouTube channels and various things that I've done. Uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of editing experience out of it, but, you know, nothing yeah. really substantial. Although I did make a few mashups in high school that, for some reason, have, like, 15,000 views now. Oh, wow. Like, I, com- I made them and forgot about them, and then one day I was, like, clicking through my YouTube account. I was like, oh, shit, these videos I made... Actually, a lot of people have seen, and wow. people are like leaving positive comments and stuff. Like, this is a piece of shit. I'm really bad at this. Why do you like it? But you know, so that was interesting. But that's all really it is. It's just like some old projects that are just sitting around on a hard drive somewhere. All right. Um, I guess you can't make money off of mashups, hey? Um, you, you can. Well, see, that's the thing. There's a lot of misconception about uh, fair use laws, but uh-huh. actually, if a, a video is under fair use, you can monetize it. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of people are kind of mistaken about that. They think if you use someone else's uh, content that you can't, like, monetization is just, you know, not optional. Right. But, yeah, actually, if you can prove that you've made an original work with it, you can make money off of it. Okay. Not that I have, but though. You, yeah, you haven't tried that? No, or honestly, like, unless I was doing, like, a full-time, like, web series or something like that, I wouldn't bother with monetization, because, you know, if I'm just making, like, one thing here or there, I don't really care about, like, the 15 cents it might rake in in two years. Yeah, yeah, that's So, true. you know, I, that's the kind of thing I would only worry about if it would actually add up to anything. Yeah, sure. Um... Uh, what what kind what else do you do like on YouTube? Uh, you uh, well, there was a period in when I lived in Chilliwack where uh, I was getting ready to move, and I planned on quitting my job just before, uh, like a week before I was ready to come to Victoria. But then one day I went in, and uh, my computer wasn't working, so they had me sit at a different desk. And when I sat down and saw who I was sitting next to, this other guy also named Matt, who I absolutely fucking hated. I sat down and I quit my job on the spot. I was like, if you're going to make me sit next to this guy, I want nothing of it. And I went in and, and, and quit right there. So I had an entire month of free time to do whatever. Mm. So I ended up just getting drunk with my friends every night. And eventually we bought one of those uh, wrestling games for the PS3. And we made uh, like wrestlers of all of us, like everyone we knew in our friends group, and I bought like a PVR, and we started editing together like fake wrestling pay-per-views with everyone we knew, and it became a thing where people were coming over to my apartment every night and like (laughs) gathering around my TV, and we're like watching it like it's an actual event, like eating snacks (laughs) and drinking beers, watching like fake (laughs) video game wrestling that's just the computer fighting itself, and we were so into it, like it was was pretty great, I carried that on for like two months months and I tried to do it when I came to Victoria but I found out pretty quickly that was something I could only do with no job because oh, yeah. it was a lot of work for no reward yeah because I put a, you know I had the time to put in a ridiculous amount of effort into something that you know 12 people would ever appreciate but it's still yeah. there you know it's it's yeah. on the internet forever you're welcome earth <laughs> 
That's, I think that's your contribution. Yeah, that that I mean, uh, when some crazy mutated smallpox disease wipes out all of mankind, I can be safe in knowing that my fake wrestling exists on the internet and will carry on my legacy. Yeah. Well, do you think do you think you'll ever make something of your stand up? Do you do you look do you dream about that? That's, you know, like that's doing a the, special or doing, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the goal. That's, uh, you know, the the end goal obviously, but I understand that it's going to be a lot of work to get there. Yeah. And I feel like if I'm going to be spending this much time on comedy, I should be working on other things as well so that, you know, mm-hmm. you have other stuff going on. You're not relying on a business that takes a very long time to break into and, you know, a lot of patience and dedication. So, you know, having different projects, I think, would help with that. Yeah. Does it feel like um, uh, Victoria is a good, I don't know, like, I mean, at least we have mics and we have shows that we yeah. can be on. Yeah, I think Victoria is a great place. Works for works for what we're doing. Yeah, I think, it, I think it works great for a lot of stuff like that. I mean, you have different niches for a lot of different... Uh, you know, hobbies and art forms. You have like hip hop open mics here, and you know, improv and yeah. all that other stuff. And there's there's an audience for all of it. And you know, thankfully, there's one for comedy too. Yeah. Have you done improv? No. <laughs> I'm I'm so <laughs> terrible at improv. I I don't even do much crowd work because I'm just terrified that the person in the audience is going to say something funnier than me, <laughs> which isn't going to happen because everyone in the audience is stupid. No, I like that. Well. What I've been trying to going through in my head lately is that improv is all about yes and, and comedy, you're you're shutting people down. You're saying no, <laughs> and <laughs> oh well, I mean, I I think so. Well, at least I need to. I can't be always yes anding the audience, because that's what I do. I was like, oh, that's a very interesting perspective. When it, I like I saw Colton the other day say to the the heckler you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean there's there's definitely uh uh weight to that but at the same time like sure improv has the yes and thing but i don't think comedy is like a conversation comedy is more like this and like mm-hmm. you're telling somebody a thing they're not responding in any way it's like so you can have like a kind of improv uh like template for it if you wanted okay yeah i don't know you, you'd have, yeah, I mean, you kind of have to yes and yourself, I suppose. Basically, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you have a joke, you add tags onto it. Like, this, yeah. you say one thing, and then you move on to the next, and you keep adding and building onto it. So it's like you're improving with yourself, except you have it all planned out ahead of time. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just less of a conversation and more of a monologue, I guess. Have you have you watched improv shows in Victoria, like uh, our local stuff? I've tried no. not to. You try, you try <laughs> to avoid it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I That's <laughs> I know that people get into that, and there can be great improv if the people doing it are are you know really talented and have good chemistry. But improv is unpredictable enough that I don't really want to commit to going to see improv because it mm. could be really bad. It could be really good. I have no idea. I don't know mm. enough about the scene to really be able to judge. So it's kind of like. I don't want to dip my toe in the swimming pool because I think I'm going to fall right in. You know what I mean? Okay. But, well, do you... I, how many comedy shows do you go to that you're not sort of involved in or... Um, you know, when I can, uh, it, it's really hard to say because it varies how many shows I do in the first place. So, yeah. you know, three or four shows a month, I'd say I go see that I'm not on, something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't get to 
too many, but I, I mean, I'm trying to get to more of, yeah. of them. I mean, for me, it depends on, like, who's going to be there. If it's, you know, the same lineup of people I saw last week, and I was like, well, if I have something else going on, I don't need to be there. But, you know, if someone from out of town's there or, you know, just, like, a particular lineup of comics that I really like and I think is going to be a great show, then, you know, I'll go regardless. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, do you, yeah, do you find just it enjoyable to watch, I guess, most of the people that we have in Victoria? Um, mostly, or I don't, I don't want you to pick out anybody who's tiresome, but... Well, it's not that I want to pick out any people, but, like, when I think of comics in Victoria, I think of the people I can remember. There are definitely some comics who are not as, you know, they're new, or they haven't figured it out yet, or, you know, they don't quite know what they're going for, and it, you know, it doesn't work, or, you know, the audience isn't uh, warming up to them. And so, you know, I don't really have those people come into mind when I think of like sure. Victoria Comics <laughs> I don't think of all the people that I ignore when they go up <laughs> so you know I just think of the people I like and you know I, I can't see myself about that any other okay. but you do have people that you like and you yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah, go yeah, of make a point of going and seeing and yeah yeah okay. of course yeah um, and I don't know do you like how how long did it take you to sort of make friends and sort of yeah, I don't uh, know. never. I have no friends. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I mean, some people, you know, instantly become part of the group, and you know, and you're like, oh, it's like they've always been here. Other people yeah. are kind of distant. You know, they take a, a while to get conversating with everybody. I seem to remember that I was just like, oh, all the comics are sitting in the back. I guess I should go sit there too. And it's like, okay, we're <laughs> friends now. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was just kind of the guy I was when I started doing comedy. I think uh, I've changed a lot as a person from there, so I kind of regret my approach of just like, yep, one of you guys now. Okay. No, well, there's something for that, because it, 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 I mean, it's awkward for a bit, but it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't uh, think the Band-Aid was on me. I think it was on everyone else. <laughs> uh, but uh, I find actually... Um, in terms of personality, everyone is pretty uh, positive and friendly and uh, um, generally. I can think of a few shining well, examples maybe some, that, some that aren't. stick out that are not. But, yeah, I mean, <coughs> uh, it's, you know, a group of creative people and, you know, you're not going to have too many toxic personalities hanging around. So, you know, everyone gets along and it's, you know, it fosters a good community, I think. Yeah. Uh, how, hey, how do you come up with your material? Where um, do jokes? Where do they come from? I'm mostly... I'll be sitting on the bus or just, like, working or something, and all of a sudden... Like, most of the time, at least a concept will just, like, pop up. And I was like, oh, that's something. And then I'll file it away and come up with it later. And then usually, like, 15 minutes before I leave for an open mic or something, I was like, I should figure this shit out. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, go from there. And it... It's kind of haphazard that way because sometimes I feel like I'll go to a show with jokes that I'm not 100% confident about because I feel like I haven't spent enough time on them. Mm. But sometimes it surprises you and something that you didn't expect was going to work actually ends up being you know, a, a better joke that you end up using for a long time. Like 
the mainstay of my set is like I have this closer and opener that I've done for like every major show I've done really. And both of those jokes I didn't expect to be holding on to. I thought, you know, they they either need work or I should just let them go, you know, they're not functioning right. And then it ended up being the ones that I'm still doing today. So it works in, in you know, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, results may vary. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Trying to think of which ones I remember of your jokes. There's Basky's normal. Oh. Uh, there's oh, doop doop. Oh that shit! One. Yeah, the the gummy candy one. Gummy I haven't done that jokes. one in forever. Oh, I should bring that one back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't want to go over your whole entire like, <laughs> yeah stuff. Um, I don't, yeah, how many minutes do you think it adds up to? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like at most of the time I can stretch to about ten. But, yeah. I mean, if you added together all the jokes I've written and all the ones I've even done in the last year, it'd probably be more than that. But right. not every single one of those I'd want to put into a set. So, like, okay. you have 15 to 20 minutes of material. T- maybe ten is, is usable and good. The rest is all stuff that either tried a few times and wasn't great or like you're still working on so you have kind of these these floater jokes that aren't quite you know permanent yet but that's how i feel like i usually average about 10 okay yeah um and uh, in terms of deciding which jokes are good um it's just the laughs right like or do you go by a little bit of feedback from other comics or anything like that um it yeah like again it varies like there have been occasions where like, I really like a joke that doesn't land, so I try to force it for way too long because I just think it's so good. But, you know, you got to learn to be able to let stuff like that go. But, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody gives me a particularly positive note on a joke that the audience might not have liked, you know, that makes me at least willing to reevaluate it and try and see if I can make it work because, you know, yeah. then I know at least someone likes it. Okay. Do you ever do collaborative writing? I I haven't really. No, I never have. No. Um. Although there was like when I first started, there was a group that Nicole Castle was kind of mm-hmm. updating, um, meeting before the mic to kind of go over our jokes. Which yeah. I don't know. That's it's a nice idea. I don't think it would work for someone like me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really see what I would get out of other people hearing my jokes before I say them. I'd much yeah. prefer to let them speak for themselves and not have someone else's input involved in it you know i whatever reaction i get from it i want it to be something that i did and then from there i can figure out how i can make it better yeah because yeah i told a rape joke at at the little (laughs) thinking oh well these are other comedians they'll be like you know i can go a little further and then test what they react they hated it all like there was four other people they they all hated it Apparently, you know, told me so. I haven't told it at the open mic yet. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think a thing that a lot of people, especially when they're just starting out, like a trap they fall into, is like, oh, I should try and gauge a good reaction by pushing the envelope and being really offensive. Mm, but yeah. like, you kind of expect that going to a comedy show because there's that stigma about you know offensive comics, and you you're kind of like waiting for it to happen. When's someone gonna come up and piss me off? So when it happens, you're not impressed by, like, oh, the guy has so much balls. It's just, like, you think someone's going up there just trying to push people's buttons just because. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I don't really get into that. I don't really see why 
people specifically have to try and be offensive to gauge reaction. I don't think there's anything wrong with being offensive, though. I think okay. if you can work yeah. it into a set, that's great. But I think being gross or disturbing for the sake of being gross and disturbing mm-hmm. isn't going to win over audiences, and especially not the rest of the comics who are watching. Right. It's like, how many people have you and I both seen come up over the last year or so and do exactly that? Well, they'll do a set that's just gross and not funny. Yeah. And it takes a while for you to realize that's how it works. I'm definitely guilty of that as well. I did some grosser material in when I started out and I was like, oh, everyone's going to be like, what? But no, everyone's going to be silent and look at you like you have a problem. Because at the end of the day, even if you're a comedian, you know, you're still a person up there spouting what's in your head. You're still going to be judged as you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Do you cuss on in your material? I can swear a cuss with the best of them. <laughs> I don't... I, I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about swearing in my set. I feel like I could work without it, uh-huh. but I don't know. It's just how I talk normally so I feel like those words just kind of fit there yeah yeah it's yeah it's just part of the language part of the it, language. it really is and like I know that some people think like oh if you use profanity in your jokes when you don't have to you know it's it's like a crutch and the same with like putting swear words into lyrics in a song it's like oh it's just a shortcut it's just a mm-hmm. something to bridge something together but honestly I feel like enough people use profanity in their day to day lives that it's just how people talk and you know it doesn't really say anything about the content of the jokes. It's just a way of speaking. Yeah. I, I suppose if you found yourself in a position where there was a show, a gig asking you not to swear, you could be like, okay. Um, for me, I would definitely have to like really go over my, my material because like, I think if I had to do a clean set, there's a lot of stuff I have that wouldn't work. Okay. Uh, so luckily I haven't had too many instances of that. Uh, coming up, but there have been a few, and it's definitely hasn't been the easiest thing to adjust to okay. for me. Because yeah, I think of some of my material. It's not that I swear, but it's just the subject matter of the joke is just this is about sex or yeah. Your jokes are very yeah. matter of fact. <laughs> you you lay it all all out on the table, and I don't think everyone is always ready for that. Uh, yeah. I I think it kind of takes them aback sometimes because you don't try and like laugh and like play it up it's just like here's a thing that's real in a fact and yeah Mm, the one where the thursday that became an open mic you were there yeah yeah i I was definitely there for that okay yeah that was a that was an odd night but i loved that guy who was sitting behind me who had the best joke all night that guy was trying to do crowd work and he asked him if he liked dig jokes he said only oh. if they're not too long. Oh my god! <laughs> Give that guy set of the month. That was blown. That was the best joke of the night by oh, far. Yeah. Quick as a whip, that old dude. <laughs> uh, that was a fun night. Um, what else did we do recently? Um, oh well, you like you hosted one night, and then the next week you got set of the night, right? Um, something like that. I don't know. Uh, I definitely, like, felt like the two times that I hosted, I was like, oh, is that enough time in between them for me to go up the second time? Because the first time I kind of blew it. Didn't do so well. 
uh, and I was mm-hmm. really worried, like, can I even host? Do I even know how to host? I don't think I do. So when I was asked to do it a second time, I thought it was too soon. But oh, yeah. it ended up going a lot better uh, this time around, so I'm a lot more happy with it. But yeah, uh, it's definitely new to me because I went a very long time without anyone asking me to host a show. I, I never really understood why. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of comics who were around, you know, for less time than I was who got asked before me, and not that I'm complaining because right. it was, yeah. you know, I never hosted before. I don't even know if I can do it. Yeah. But it was just strange that it was so long before anyone asked. And then the first time I went up, it was just kind of a disaster. So I was like, ah, maybe there's a reason. <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping I can get better at it over time. Sure, yeah. I guess it's a, it's a bit different skill than just doing your... It is, yeah, yeah, because, like, you find out really quickly that if you go up with, like, the certain attitude that you normally do your jokes with, that may not necessarily be what's going to get the audience pumped up. So that was my main mistake early on. I didn't come off with enough energy. I tried to do just, like, a normal set, and I don't really get super energetic when I do... I did when I first started out. I was, like, kind of hyperactive and loud, but... Uh, I don't really do that anymore, so that was a problem for hosting, but I think uh, fix that a little bit. Alright, yeah. Do you, uh, do you think of yourself as a different, like, a character on stage? Do you, does that, is that in your head, or do I don't, you not think of it? I don't think so. Like, if I had to put together all the information about me and my jokes, it would be a pretty accurate representation of, of me. It's okay. definitely, like... The most exaggerated parts of my personality, though. Okay. I I take the things that I think are funny about me and just, like, that's all you need to know about me. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know all the other boring crap. Um, Well, yeah, I think that's true. There's there's something in comedy, I don't know if you have to be doing it a while or something or earn this, but there is a point where people say, no, I'm just going to be as real as possible and just everything honest about me and just it's just me, on you know. Yeah, so I mean, I if that works for some people, then yeah, that works. Like, I remember very early on, one of the things I definitely wanted to make true about my jokes is I wanted to be honest, you know? I didn't want to, mm-hmm. like, portray myself as something that I'm not or, or, like, try and be, you know, too overly ridiculous. Like, I want it to be at least grounded in who I am and, you know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... At, at least so far, I haven't made an effort to tell the truth in my jokes. Well, <laughs> some have, like, kernels of truth, but yeah. Just kernels, huh? Yeah. Oh, sadly, all my jokes are true, every single one. Including the one <laughs> where I got raped by a ghost at Taco Time. That was very true. Okay. I don't think you were there for that. <laughs> it was, like, the worst joke <laughs> I ever did. I had, like, this two-week thing planned, and I was like, I'm going to do, like, a joke. It was a two-part joke over two weeks. Oh, people are going to be like, what? <laughs> I've learned that if you think people are going to be like what, they're not going to be like what. Mm, They're going to be like, what? Well, I mean, then how do you know when they're going to... I guess you just find out if they laugh. Find out what they... Yeah, yeah. Like, your expectations for unproven things will usually, you know, (laughs) blow up in your face for stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess, yeah, the thing guaranteed to get a laugh is the the formulaic, like, set up... and uh, build up and then reveal or like something hidden like they find out new information like oh Uh, I don't know if it's guaranteed to get a laugh I mean it's definitely a tool you can use but you know if the actual writing isn't funny you know it's not gonna Mm. it's not gonna make people laugh at something that's not funny okay yeah alright 
Um, at least, hopefully. I'd, I'd like to have enough confidence in, in mankind that that would be true. I don't know. Like, uh, we are animals in a way, and some of the things, we, like a funny voice, like, doop, doop. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. funny in itself, like that noise. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is about me and noises and voices. I know it's kind of cheap to do a silly noise, no. but uh, sometimes <laughs> I just can't help myself. Because one of the first comics I watched was Eddie Izzard, and you yeah, know, yeah, if, if you watch easy. him, you'll see he does a lot of like imitating household objects, like starting a lawnmower or a blender or, like, how vacuum cleaners turned off. Like, <laughs> that's the earliest comedy I got into. And, you know, a lot of Monty Python, like, you know, physical comedy and stuff like that. So yeah. that's always been a part of how I write the, like, the nonverbal parts. So I'd, yeah. I'd like to incorporate that a little bit more, but I don't want to overuse it. Sure. Well, I you know, I think your mix is right now, yeah, you don't do it very much, but I do remember the moments, yeah, that you do. So, uh, yeah, you could probably do more and get away with it. Yeah. I, I When I hosted last time, I finally tried the uh, the Russian intervention joke, which I wrote like a year ago, and I was like, no one's going to like this because it's just me doing two really quick voices and they're bad but, I don't know, it's just so stupid and silly that it kind of worked. I might use it again. Right. Yeah. Uh, d- were you there for the second time I hosted? Well, Do you remember that joke? I don't remember the Russian intervention it, joke. Uh, it's a joke I came up with when I was living uh, with my roommate last year, and uh, we just laughed at it so much, but I never used it on stage. It's like, uh, jokes that you have just between you and your roommate aren't normally going to land for an audience, but it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we now return to Russian intervention. You just hear like, Vasily, you in there smoking crack again? Uh, net, don't come in. And that's it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the whole joke. <laughs> I don't even know why. Like, it's it's such a bad stereotypical Russian accent, but just uh, their names are like Peter and Vasily, and I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and, like, we'd have a thing where if someone knocked on our door, we'd just be like, Vasily! <laughs> You're soaking crack! And it, and he says, Niet? Niet! Don't come in! And that's the end. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's smoking crack. Yeah. Well, the original yeah. joke was crocodile, that, like, super scary drug that they have in, like, Ukraine that's made out of, like, eye drops that, like, makes your skin melt. Right. Yeah, did you ever okay. see that? I never heard of that. Oh, no. there's, uh, like, a Vice documentary. They, like, make it out of, like, eye medication, and it makes your skin look like you're, like, a reptile. It's all fucked up. So that was the... We watched that, and we're, like, we're joking about the guy, you know, doing this weird lizard drug in the bathroom. <laughs> it ends up being a joke. Ugh. Okay. Drugs are fun, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh... <laughs> Do you want to talk about drugs? If if we have time. <laughs> um, do do drugs... Well, let me see. I mean, I know they're good for life in general. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. <laughs> Heroin. Guess, yeah. Good for life in general. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> you know, trying to gain weight? Heroin. Trying to get over a cold? Heroin. Good for life in general. <laughs> I'm going to be more confident at the office. Um... Let me ask you, do you think, do you ever use drugs to, to make yourself, like, well, I, I don't, prop probably doesn't count as a drug, but do you use something to make yourself more funny? Even um, alcohol, for that matter. I actually, like, as far as going up on stage, I actually avoid it. I don't uh-huh. like, I don't like going up super baked or drunk or whatever, because I'm not, 
confident enough to be like, I'll remember all my jokes going up like that. Sure. I tried it once at like a, a show I did in Anaimo and it wasn't terrible, but it definitely wasn't comfortable enough that it'd be something I'd do on a regular basis. Okay. Yeah. You know, maybe it'll get easier later on, but I'd just like to be in a bit more of a clear headspace when I'm up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I mean, I've n- I've not even tried uh, more than one beer before going on stage. Uh-huh. So, yeah. I can't usually afford more than one beer going on stage, so well, that, that yeah, works that's, out. That's been my problem also. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's most people's problem. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I don't know, do you... Well, do you have writing sessions at all, or not really? Uh, yeah, not really. Like yeah. I said before, it's like all just stuff that I file away in my head and use later, so... Yeah, okay. I don't really know if, like, you know, smoking weed helps that or it contributes to that, really, because I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't really feel like I get more creative during that time or, or what have you, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess if I stopped, I'd know if it helped or not, because I'd either everything would be fine or I'd just go into immediate writer's blog. It's like, fuck, that was <laughs> the thing the whole time. <laughs> I actually suck. It's just the drugs. <laughs> Um, what else? What else? What did, what didn't we get to? Uh, well, we haven't talked about the migrant crisis. Uh, we haven't talked about the moon landing yet. Uh, where bread comes from, the different uh, iris colors of eyes of the frogs, uh, the mating patterns of the snowy egret. There's a lot of stuff we haven't covered. Mm, good, yeah, good point. Um. Oh, Star Wars yet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Do you? Uh, no, I I'm, I keep waiting because I promised I'd go with uh, my friend, and mm-hmm. somebody spoiled a bunch of shit for him. So he's like, I don't want to go right away. Let's wait until there aren't so many people there. And that's a, I feel like that'll be all right. I I went and I read as much as I could about like I wanted all the spoilers. Oh, okay. Some people will go twice. Because yeah. they're like, okay, I watched it the first time to get a feel of it and have fun, and the second time to really solidify it. Oh, yeah, believe me. I, I saw Mad Max three times. <laughs> but I was like, instead of going twice, I should just do the spoilers, because they're out there anyways, and, mm. and I don't have to worry about it. And then the second, my or my first time watching it, will be like my second. Mm, I'm... I used to do that a lot with uh, with horror movies in particular. I don't know why. Like, every time a Saw movie would come out, I'd read a description of what happened in it later. Mostly because mm-hmm. I didn't get around to watching all those shitty movies all the time. But it's what my friends talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So in order to, like, join the conversation, they'd be like, Oh, wasn't it gross when that guy got his spleen pulled out through his eyeballs? And I was like, Yeah, it was terrible. And, you know, and then eventually I'd see the movie. And I was like, Wow, this is a pile of shit. But, uh... I I don't know if I could do that now, like, just read all the spoilers, because for me, like, so much of a movie is in, like, the delivery and the technique, so I feel like if I read the plot to a movie like Star Wars, like, what I would get out of it from reading would be a lot different from actually seeing it, because there's a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. weight that you can't put into words. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if Star Wars is the kind of movie for that. I, from what I've heard, like a lot of people talk about it, like it could have those qualities. But I, think there I just might think be a for few moments, yeah. I just think for movies in general, like it's a visual medium, so I feel like I need to see it. All right. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. A good way. yeah. I feel kind of bad though. I haven't been to enough movies this year. You know, like I I like film a lot. It's like one of my favorite things to spend my time doing. It's unfortunately I haven't gotten out to many movies this year because I spent all my money going to Mad Max three times. <laughs> but I saw The Martian recently. That was pretty good. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, yeah. and I'm super stoked to see The Revenant, because Leonardo DiCaprio is awesome. And they yeah. filmed that here, too, which is oh, pretty sweet. cool. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. So, yeah, that that's going to be pretty cool. But other than that, yeah, I have no clue what the, the playing field is like for movies right now. Because, like, in high school, I'd see every, like, you know, art house movie that came out, you know. Mm-hmm. Whenever Oscar season came around, I'd seen everything on the list. And now I can't keep up. Like, it's just so much. Plus, uh, I don't pirate as much, so I'd have to spend a lot more money to spend to see movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you... What, what's up that about? Like, I don't know. I, after a while, I felt kind of bad that I... I know you could argue all day about whether piracy is stealing or not, but at the same time, I feel like if I really like something that someone's doing artistically, I feel like I should pay them for it, because that keeps them going, and, yeah. you know... You vote with your wallet, and if you like something, if you pay to go see it, well, then there's a bigger chance that people will make more of it later. Hmm. So, you know, if it's something that I'm just kind of interested in checking out and I'm not too, like, solid on going out and buying it, then sure, I'll I'll give it a download. But if it's something I really want to see... And some oh, yeah. from somebody I respect, I feel like they kind of deserve my money. Yeah. Do you think that part of that comes from being more of an like on the artist side of things, or it's just growing older and being more responsible, or what? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely growing older. I don't know about the responsible thing. I mean, we're sitting on a table that's propped up by like sixty-five pizza boxes. But you bought them with your own money. I that's assume. true. I bought them with my grown-ass man dollars. Um, yeah, I think it. Being doing something creative yourself definitely kind of plays into that a bit, but uh-huh. I don't make any money off of what I do, so I don't know how right. that feels, you know. Because I know, like, you know that movie uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. Yep. I remember when that came out. The guy who directed it would go onto like Pirate Bay and everyone that was hosting. Uh, his movie, and he would comment, like, guys, please stop stealing my movie. And I just felt so (laughs) bad, because, like, he's a Canadian guy, like, an independent filmmaker. He got to realize his dream and make a big, dumb, goofy, gory movie. Yeah. And, you know, I can see why he'd be sad that people are... Yeah, I imagine that would have probably been somewhat effective, more effective than what other people try. Yeah, because, like, if it's some big Fox production and, you know, bankrolled by hundreds of millions of dollars and Adam Sandler's face all over it, I don't give a shit. But if it's somebody who's, you know, worked from the bottom up and made something out of nothing, then, yeah, we'll give him ten bucks. All right, yeah, well, yeah, I I basically agree. I don't do much pirating myself, so... Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, there's the other thing though is there's so much free content, anyways. Yeah, that's true. There's I mean, on YouTube alone, I feel like in the past few years, there's a lot of like worthwhile stuff on there. But at the same time, just floods of useless shit. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, yeah. all the different trends of like all those clip shows and just people making absurd amounts of money doing very little and not actually doing anything creative or interesting or, or new. It's a little yeah. sad to see people get rewarded for mediocrity, but, you know, that's the Internet. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this today. Like, they say comedy had a boom in the 90s, and it was very easy to make money as a comedian. Um, Depends on what kind of comedian you were. <laughs> I'm guess. sure there's a lot of comedians from the <laughs> 90s who would disagree with you. Well, the, well, the 90s was the end of it, I guess. But yeah, there was some some kind of time period where there was. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you have like the the Jerry Seinfeld era type of thing, like the two drink minimum comedy club type of 
environment. Uh, yeah, I'd say there's there was definitely a boom. It just works differently now. I think. Yeah, people's um, tastes yeah. have changed, and the way the business has run, I think, has changed a lot since then. Right, but I think there is a bit of an internet boom now. Yeah, for sure. Or I mean, I don't YouTube know. Boom or whatever. Yeah, I don't know how well that uh, supplants stand-up comedy as it is, because like it's a performance art. You know, and like right, it's yeah. to be done in front of a live audience. So I don't know how much of a good thing there being YouTube footage of comedy. Like it definitely spreads word of mouth, but at the same time, like it's hopefully stuff that you're not using on a regular basis because there's a <laughs> a chance that people could see something online that you've done, and then when you actually do it in real life, it's like everyone's heard it already because it's big mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Some comedians that really works for them, and the audience is like, "Oh, give yeah. us the give us your the hits." Yeah, but I feel like comedy on YouTube is pretty niche as it is, and that doesn't really factor yeah. into it too much. Sure, because you have like you know places like Just for Laughs where they upload a ton of clips from like old shows and stuff like that. But whether or not somebody can use something like YouTube or, or maybe even like Twitch or some kind of streaming service for comedy, mm-hmm. I think somebody could do something interesting with that, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it remains to be seen. Um, do you watch other... Like, you... I think you mentioned... This is off mic. You mentioned thinking about doing a Let's Play of Fallout. Yeah. Do you watch Let's Plays also? Um, I watch some. There are specific channels that I like and things that I look for. Because uh-huh. there's so many Let's Players. Like, it that's become such a huge boom. People... Like, you can actually make money doing off this if you're good. Yeah. The, unfortunate thing is not very many people are actually good at it. <laughs> right. A lot of people don't have the right charisma for being you know, just audio only and just talking over something. Some of them have annoying, like, catchphrases that drive me crazy, like people like PewDiePie or whatever. Yeah. I have no time for that. What I want yeah. is, like, somebody who can talk about what they're doing in a game and give you insight into it. You know, I want to learn something. Oh, yeah. So I watch, yeah. uh, uh, watch Two Best Friends play. Both okay. guys who have, you know known games their whole lives, you know, they've worked on games, they've worked in the industry, they know their shit. So, like, when they're playing with something like Silent Hill and have something to say about, like, the uh, the the imagery or the, uh, the mechanics of a game, you know, I feel like I am listening to somebody who knows what they're talking about. And that is really what makes it good for me. The problem is, is that if I'm going to do something like that, you have to figure out what sets you apart. Because, right. you know, I've yeah. done a Let's Play channel before, and mm-hmm. very quickly you realize I'm not bringing anything new to the table, you know. Some people would say, like, oh, you have a good voice, or, you know, you seem really, you know, comfortable doing this. But that doesn't make me, that doesn't set me apart mm-hmm. from anybody. Right. So if I'm going to do something like that, I need to figure out something new. If not new, at least with my own, you know, like, spin on it. I don't want to just play Fallout 4 and talk about Fallout 4, because you can get 80 billion hours of that anywhere else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it remains to be seen. Uh, one probably f- like near the end question uh, I wanted to ask you is: um, Does does your comedy like have any kind of message in it? You, I think you have like one political joke. I have. Or uh, I wouldn't really call it political. Huh. I mean, political humor I feel is a lot more sophisticated than that one joke. Right. I mean, I equate the conservative party with drinking goat piss so it's not exactly the most uh eloquent joke but i i don't know if i have a message i know some people have said before that i'm not trying to put anyone down you know i'm not trying to make anyone feel bad i kind of want my comedy to be accessible to everybody 
Okay. You know, I don't like to tell jokes about like the difference between men and women because that's going to alienate someone in the audience. Mm. I want it to, you know, I don't necessarily need everyone to laugh, but I want to give everybody the opportunity. I don't want feel anyone to feel like I'm not speaking to them. I like that. I like, yeah. Yeah. So you know, there's that. I try not to be, you know, uh, abrasive. You know, I you know, anything like that. Right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. You. You. Yeah. You describe yourself as, as silly and goofy, and um, mm-hmm. I guess part of that also is you're young, so you have to you have to work with that. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I tried being like self-deprecating a lot uh, previous, and there's definitely still elements of that in what I do, but I don't try to make it my whole thing. Because mm-hmm. I know people have said, you know, before, you know, you get a lot of comics who, you know, just put themselves down or put other people down. And I'm not really interested in feeling bad about myself or making anyone else feel bad. So mm-hmm. not that the goal would be to make people feel bad. I mean, obviously, I want them to laugh, but, you know, <laughs> I don't necessarily want it to be completely at my expense. <laughs> Do you... Um, uh, do you watch Dimitri Martin's comedy? Um, I watched his show when it was on. Uh, God, how long ago was that? Uh, I know he has a new special that I've been meaning to watch, actually. I'm not, like, the biggest fan, but okay. I I think he's very different, and, like, he has a lot of stuff that I do like. Okay, all right. Yeah. I like his futon world joke. That one's really good. Okay. Uh, do I... I'll remember it if... You tell it. Uh, it's like <laughs> Futon World, a place that gets less and less comfortable the longer you stay there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which is true, because as uh, a poor 20-something, I have definitely spent a lot of nights on a futon, and I can attest to that. They get worse as you go along. Long for a real bed. <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, I didn't ask you about your love life. <laughs> okay. Because that's what interviewers are supposed to do. Okay. Uh, all right. What, what about it? Um, you Well, in your act, you told me you don't lie in your act, and you do have a joke about having a girlfriend. So I assume, put, putting two and two together, you have a girlfriend? No, I have a boyfriends. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I do have a girlfriend. Okay. Well, uh, that was a good... Uh, Good discussion. Yeah, that was a nice little aside. Uh, fact confirmed, Basket has a girlfriend. Um, well, I yeah, sometimes I like to ask like how it, what they think of what she thinks of comedy of you doing your thing. She's very supportive, and okay. you know, that that's definitely a, a big positive for me. Uh, you know, she likes coming out to shows, but not to the degree that I could get her to sit through every open mic, and I, I like that. You know. Yeah, no, that's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, she's supportive to a degree. I'm not going to make her sit through every ratfish. But, uh, yeah, you know, she's very helpful and, you know, a good ear to turn to when I'm trying out new stuff. Right? Oh, nice. You try bits on her? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll occasionally, if it's something I'm kind of unsure of, because she has a really good sense of humor and, and makes me laugh like crazy, so I can at least know that I can come to her with that. Okay, sweet. And, and uh, I, I think know. you met her at Halloween. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think you explained your costume, and she got very unhappy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, what was your what was your costume again? It was just a T-shirt that said feminist. It was just me and my other <laughs> otherwise normal clothes, and it was a, I was a feminist, and I said like my my explanation was that because it's scary, it's a scary thing. Because it's Halloween. Yeah, she didn't care for that too much. <laughs> I remember her giving me like a, a very <laughs> stern look after that. But I think this is my theory behind that. I think it's progressive because I was dressed as a feminist, but I wasn't like 
there was nothing else weird about it. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm a like pretentious feminist. Like blah, blah, blah. it, it like, seemed to me like you were trying to go for like you are people's perception of feminism. Maybe yeah. I don't know because you're like ooh spooky kind <laughs> of thing. Oh, I did that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought maybe like you were trying to be like, oh, feminist can be anybody. But it's still scary to certain people. Yeah. But I think she took it as like feminists are scary. I'm one of them. Big spooky boo. I will, and uh, yeah, I'll, but. I didn't put that much thought into it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh, this is kind of ironic and like I don't know a couple of layers to it. But <laughs> other than that, well, you were wearing a jacket, so there were at least two layers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. We've had like, uh, have you been to other parties and like in the victorious stuff like Halloween and uh, get-togethers, and like comedy parties? Well, I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. Yeah, there's you know been a few here and there. Uh, you know, we had the Christmas party at Mark's recently. Although last year I took home the dubious honor of being drunkest at uh, the Christmas party. Uh, I don't really know what happened. I hadn't had anything, I hadn't had any alcohol in a long time. Oh, yeah. And I just made a bunch of rum and cokes that I guess were way too strong. And I was pretty much ready to pass out halfway through the party. So someone had to, like, take <laughs> me home. I don't even remember who it was or how I got home that night. It was pretty bad. Luckily, this year, I drank about the same mu- amount of, like, the same drink and managed to stand upright the whole time. So, yay. Progress. <laughs> That's that's how you know you're growing up. <laughs> yeah, I can handle my liquor better. Um, the, have you have you ever been a big drinker, or is it just whatever? Not too much. Like once there, in a while, you know. yeah, like there have been times where I drank more than normal, but usually it's because I was flushed with more cash for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a very long period, up until pretty much now, I've been broke all the time, so I haven't really had the money to be drinking a whole lot. And also in the coming year, I want to be using most of my money for creative things, hopefully. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, ooh, is, does that mean something? Like, because uh, I, I don't think comedy costs a lot of money to oh, do. I mean, y- yeah, that's true. Well, I, I want to, like, save up for, like, a video camera and stuff like that. Oh, like, sweet. Are you going to do, like, video projects? And I want to. Uh, basically, I'm th- the thought in my head is if I force myself to buy all the equipment, maybe <laughs> I'll use it. Um, so, you know, I have several years of half-baked ideas kicking around. I figure maybe if I get the tools to do something with it, maybe something will come out of it. Sweet. Have you, uh, are you thinking behind the camera? Are you thinking being uh, like a lead role? Or, uh, or? Well, I don't really know too well about my acting skills. I mean, I took drama in high school, but I don't know. I couldn't really say how good of an actor I am, but I definitely want to get better at, you know, the actual mechanics of filming because mm-hmm. I feel like I have editing down pretty well, but <coughs> most of the stuff I've worked on hasn't actually been using a, like a point and shoot camera. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you you are like you're sort of in stand up comedy that that gets you on stage and being the person in focus. So it's, that's why I said like lead actor uh, or, okay. or something like. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that anything I'd be doing, I, I definitely want to be behind the camera for most of it, because that's, like, the main idea is, 
I want to be building skills that might come in handy later on down the line, you know. Yeah, yeah. Five years later, yeah. you know, I might still be doing comedy or maybe something else, but if I'm, you know, at least doing stuff now, you're building experience for bigger stuff later. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I feel like I have the same philosophy, but I also have the, I don't actually, uh, I can't, I, I don't follow through with stuff I want to do. Well, well, you have a podcast with several episodes. Like well, that's yeah. That's a lot of people in the in the scene here talked about doing a podcast and never did it, myself included. <laughs> so you one up quite a few people on that one. Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, pod, it it is it's such a low effort. <laughs> like, thing did you use? <coughs> like, there's no script. I didn't. I I should have probably written down questions, but I mean. <laughs> it's just you sit down and you record a conversation that you have with somebody and <coughs> but it seems people seem to like it like and I like other podcasts I'm a big podcast listener so I'm actually not I uh, I feel like podcasts are too intimidating for me to really get into because there's so many people that have recommended podcasts to me and like I don't really know where to start hmm. I don't really feel like I have time in my day to like set aside an hour an hour and a half to listen to various different podcasts. Like, I don't even know which one I would start with. <laughs> so it's a little intimidating for me, but I can definitely see the appeal of, like, why people listen to them on a, a regular basis. Yeah, well, it's hard. Yeah, at this point, it's hard for me to even recommend just one because I know there are podcasts that I love that sort of take a lull for a couple weeks, and it's like, I am not, li- like, I don't want to hear what they have to say. Like, like, like the really top ones, Adam Carolla, Joe Rogan, uh, Mark Marin, like the the big ones, um, I will listen to them for a few weeks in a row and think, oh yeah, this is great. This is why they're awesome. And then they'll have uh, a few weeks where it's just, eh, I don't care about it. Yeah. Well, I think that's you know kind of the the way it's going to work w- with how podcasts are done. I mean, you have different people every week just having a conversation, so it's not always going to be completely enthralling. I mean. If you have the right people working on it and the right ideas, then totally. But I don't know enough of a podcast to really make that call, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, if I could recommend just one podcast. Um, Cooking with Paula Dean. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I was almost going to say Harmontown, but... Uh, I actually think I might have listened to a few minutes of that one. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really into community and Rick and Morty, so I was like, oh, okay. Dan Harmon yeah. does this thing. Oh, I now I know what it is. I watched his uh, Harmontown Netflix thing. Oh, yeah, he had, the like, documentary? Lo- yeah, yeah, I watched that, and it got me thinking, like, hey, maybe I'll actually listen to this podcast. Nope. <laughs> but it, it was pretty nice, and I, I like Dan Harmon a lot, so. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't recommend, like, you're saying hours a week. I would, you know... If if you ever find yourself sitting in your in iTunes thinking, oh, maybe I do have time to listen to a podcast, um, you could try one of those. Yeah. To see what you think. I but mean, I know a lot of people listen to them like when they're driving, but I don't really drive. And right. Yeah. Like I mostly listen to music when I'm walking around, and normally I don't really think like listening to somebody talk really works with like walking downtown. I kind of need music yeah. for that. And like when I'm at home. I don't normally, like, put on headphones and listen to something. like. Right. What do you do. listen to when you uh, play video games? Uh, usually the video games. Oh, you, you want to have the full experience. Yeah, uh, in, in Fallout especially. Like, I've gone as far to even remove the the actual orchestral score. Like, yeah. there's no music in it whatsoever. 
So you just hear like the ambient wind and your own footsteps. Yeah, uh, I, I like that a lot better. I think it makes for a more immersive experience, oh, and that's really what I'm looking for. Okay, well that's really cool though. Yeah, I actually have a lot of really stupid rules I make for myself in Fallout. Like <laughs> I don't fast travel. I walk everywhere. Uh, in Fallout 4, it's hey. a little harder because it's like longer distances. But if it's a reasonable walk, like I'll actually go there because you mm-hmm. pick up on a lot of stuff you miss oh, if yeah. you're just like teleporting all over the map. Like there's a lot of small details you can pick up. You know, um, are you into graphics and stuff? Like, do you like the visual aspect of it, or honestly, is it more the secrets and stuff? Uh, honestly, the visuals don't really play into it as much for me because I have always been one to say that I think good design trumps good graphics any day. Mm. Uh, and a lot of people yeah. complained about the the graphics in Fallout 4. They're like, oh, they're not, you know, absolutely as good <laughs> as they can be. Yeah. It's like, well, for one thing, credit where credit is due, the lighting is fucking great. It looks amazing. Like, some of the best lighting I've seen in any game. And yeah, the textures aren't great when you get up close and really stare <laughs> at them. Yeah. But everything's designed so well. And, you know, the colors pop out. Everything looks very distinctive and you can tell what everything is from a long distance and that is a lot more important to how good your textures are I think. So it makes for a beautiful game even if it's not graphically as good as some of the other ones out there. That's cool, yeah. And then, so what you when when you talk about finding little details, what sort of things? Yeah, uh, there was one that I loved. Uh, I was walking along a road and I found a skeleton lying in the middle of the, in the middle of the road, and he had like a suitcase lying next to him. I was like, kind of like, oh, what what happened here? And I turn around, and behind him, there's a uh, like a, either it's a motel or like an apartment building, and you see another skeleton in a dress like draped over the balcony. And I was like, oh, I get it. She was kicking him out. And then the bombs fell, and they both died. That guy must have had the shittiest day ever. Like, your girlfriend (laughs) kicks you out, throws all your stuff all all over the lawn, and then (laughs) fucking... The worst day ever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if, like, a a raccoon bit his dick off before that, (laughs) maybe that might be worse. But it'd be pretty shitty to me. Like, you're already pretty low, and then big flash. Oh, shit. I feel like... Well, maybe this is my, I don't know, weird personality but like if i had something really terrible happen to me like girlfriend kicked me out i'd be like and and i saw the the mushroom cl- or the apocalypse coming i'd be like yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd probably just be like yeah i saw this coming <laughs> fuck everything but yeah then you you don't have much time after that to think about anything yeah not really so. cuz he didn't seem to make it very far he was just dead <laughs> in the middle of the road so right. Didn't go so well for that guy, but yeah, it's a it's a pretty detailed game. Like, I th- one of the things I want to do now that I've you know bought a nice microphone and everything is like if I end up doing a Fallout Four Let's Play or whatever. Mm-hmm. I found out recently if you drink a lot and get drunk, your character's te- voice is actually drunk. Oh yeah, and I didn't know this, and I had played seventy plus hours of this game, and I never realized it. So I'm gonna go back and start a character who's drunk all the time. <laughs> Just constantly be drinking, and like when you walk up and talk to someone, you're like, "Hey, you, hey, lady." <laughs> it was gonna be so good, and whether or not anyone else will want to watch, you know, me yapping along to that, you know, maybe, but I'll have fun doing it at least. Yeah, and like uh, you have the option to be sarcastic in conversations, so I want to do a character that's sarcastic all the time. Like every time you have the option for sarcasm, you have to take it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's yeah. pretty funny. Uh, one of the nice touches that I like is that robots don't understand sarcasm. Oh, if yeah. you try and yeah. use it on them, they just take you literally. So I, I met this robot, and he thought I was like his supervisor here to replace him. And I was like, actually, I'm the I'm like the governor of Massachusetts. And he's like, provisional governor Bartleby, is that you? Like, he just completely <laughs> believes you. I thought that was really neat. <laughs> So what what about you? Like, do you play stuff? Like, I know a lot of people play like League of Legends and. Stuff well, like that. yeah. I mean, I want to get, but no, um, I don't. I want to get into League of Legends. My game of choice is basically Minecraft. Oh really? Much. Yeah. My stepmom's been playing that a lot lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely went through a Minecraft phase. I I still have a copy, but I haven't played it in a long time. I. Uh, I mean, that game's mostly fun when you were playing with a bunch of friends, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I have just a giant single player world that I just. Yeah. Every time I get bored with a little area, I just move on and like start a new, like build new uh, cow pens and new everything else oh, yeah. and start a new land. So I have this yeah sprawling world. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. But I um I had a server with a bunch of friends and we built an underwater city. Ooh, yeah. We spent like a week on it and it was so cool. Like there were different districts and all the streets had names and Whoa. and like we had uh, like a shopping center and different trading areas and like we had laws and stuff and it nice. was, it was pretty fun until uh, one of my friend's brothers came on like wired dynamite to everything and blew everything up. Oh. Killed my dog. Wow. The bastard. I, yeah, I just, today I just set up a server for my brother and some of his friends. Uh, they're quite a bit younger than me, so, but they, like, this is probably why I don't play on servers so much, is because they wanted, they wanted, all wanted to be in creative mode, and they all wanted, they wanted a mod installed, so I got a mod, uh, Flans mod, which gives you, like, tanks and planes and stuff. Oh, yeah. So they that's how they wanted to play and I wanted my version of vanilla survival. Mm-hmm. So and anytime I get on a server it's like people play I have a different style than me and like ah, I don't really like yeah, you get that a lot with PC games. Like, you'll be playing Counter-Strike, and you join a server, and they're playing some weird game mode you've never seen before. Yeah, like, yeah. everybody's on giant platforms, like, resting on top of these big glass poles shooting at each other, and they're all wobbling <laughs> around. Like, what the fuck is this? I thought this was a game about terrorism. <laughs> and like, all shooting Nerf guns at each other. Like, it, it's it's a crapshoot with PC games sometimes. Like, you really don't know what you're opening the door to when you join different servers. Minecraft especially, like... Yeah. Like, sometimes you'll just join, like, a server and they've got all types of weird shit going on. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, they, people like to do mini-games, which are fun for a little while. Like, I've played, I've gone on servers and been like, oh, yeah, this is actually really cool. Yeah. But then I don't go back. Just, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I think the last time I played Minecraft, I tried to make a skull fortress that was, like, crying lava, but then the lava burnt the entire countryside. I like that. That sounds fun. Yeah, everyone died. <laughs> All the creatures. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there were some versions where fire spread was especially bad. But Yeah, I mean, mostly when I played Minecraft, it was like in the pretty early beta when like making a cake was like a sign of dominance. <laughs> if you could make a cake, holy shit, you were king for a day. I don't know. I I can make one cake fairly easily, but then I was like, <coughs> I'm gonna make this. This is the, gonna be the cake village, where like I found a you know they have villages in Minecraft, so I found a village. I'm getting all the houses are gonna have cake in them, and that was actually a harder 
for for whatever reason, it was like I couldn't gather all the materials to make like lots of cakes. Easy to make one cake, but yeah, that's the next level is <laughs> filling the village up with cakes. <laughs> I could, yeah, you could just fill it up with bread. Yeah, that's easier. Yeah, bread village. Yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> um, hmm, what else can we talk about? I don't know. Uh, what is there to talk about? Um. Yeah, I tried to get you on politics, but then you were like... Politics? You're <laughs> stupid, herd derp. Let's talk about video games. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like I keep yeah. up with politics as much as I should, unfortunately. Um, Right. Yeah, and uh, I guess it's a certain subset of comedians who do, like, specific... Uh, we don't have very many people who actually do, like, real political material, do we? Not really, because it's Canada. There's not too much to complain about. I mean, mm-hmm. there are yeah. definitely issues that people voice their opinions on, but, like, very few that I haven't heard arguments for, like, a million times. Yeah, and do you find, too, like, it's funny because when people... it's not, I think our audi- I think our community is probably, you know, liberal ND- or NDP-leaning. Yeah. But when somebody comes up with a joke, like an, maybe an anti-Harper joke, maybe it's just that they're not funny, but the room kind of gets quiet, like when somebody's like, oh, fuck Harper. And then the room's like, I mean, yes, we agree, fuck Harper, but nobody's like... Yeah, mm. I, I think that's honestly just a Canadian thing. Like, I don't feel like people talk about politics in in public the way people in America might. Yeah. But I think in America there's a lot more to talk about. Like, every week, like, yeah. oh, sh- this is happening, <laughs> and this shit's on fire, and <laughs> Donald Trump's killing everybody with his words. <laughs> and just, oh, the moon's crashing into Texas. Like, oh, there's so much shit. But in Canada, it's like, yeah, we should probably get around to finding those missing uh, indigenous women at some point. That's, like, the big thing. Yeah. It's one issue forever. And then finally someone's like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll we'll get around to that. But in America, you have the 24 news cycle, like, 24-hour news cycle. You have, like, constantly pundits and and different uh, news channels beating, ver- like, three different opinions into you. And in Canada, we don't really have that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more laid back. And so many people can just go about their lives being like, oh, is there an election? I didn't notice. <laughs> Oh, uh, are you ever going to, like, people say about at some point you advance and you move to a bigger center, Uh, there's obviously New York, L.A., there's Toronto, Vancouver, have you ever, like, do you think that's in your future? Um, I definitely think I'll, you know, if I'm still doing comedy down the line, I'm not going to stay in Victoria forever, because there's definitely a ceiling you reach here, and there's only so much, so many shows you can do. But uh, I think definitely Vancouver is the next uh, stepping stone for a lot of us here. Okay. Yeah. Have you? Have you? Because I haven't really seen too many people sort of start up and move away. But you've been here a little bit longer. Yeah. There's a f- few people who have yeah. uh, gone over to varying degrees of success. Uh, okay. You know, some people get there and you know they just get swamped with work and being in a new city that they don't get out to do mm. as many shows as they would like. And you know, I've heard people complain about that so that's definitely something you have to take into consideration like it's not just a city where you go to do comedy like you have to live and work there too right yeah so uh, it's you know not something i'm ready to worry about yet but definitely down the line you know i'll be moving somewhere else right um oh here's another thing what do you think of like uh of being well, we mentioned a couple of new people, um, but what do you think of a scene that's more supportive towards new people? That's important to you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like in the kind of 
uh, art form that comedy is, you kind of need to be able to like throw yourself in the deep end. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the first couple months where you're starting are pretty crucial because you're figuring out, you know, what your voice is going to be up on stage. You know, how are you going to present yourself? And I feel like, you know, as much as people's feedback and and uh, you know uh, help is appreciated with that. It needs to be mostly from you. Hmm. So I think, you know, it's good to be supportive of new people, but at the same time, I think, like, they also need their own space to do their own thing. Okay, yeah, sure. I like that. Um, Yeah, and, uh, well, let's see. Uh, Do you think Victoria could use a few more, um, I don't know, more shows, more people doing, I don't know, I mean, n- more is very seldom a bad thing when it comes to, you know, people performing and, you know, putting on shows. Because it is, it is entertainment. Like, people come out and they pay money and they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think that's definitely a bad thing. Uh, I mean, oversaturation is definitely a thing that can happen. But I feel with comedy in a city big enough, you know, you can have, like, dozens of shows and it doesn't really put a dent in any of the other ones. Oh, yeah. I uh, I went to church the other day with my family. I, I never go to church. Like, I'm not religious or anything, but I did go on uh, Christmas Eve, and the the building that they had, I guess it's because it's Christmas Eve, but it was absolutely packed with people. It was mm-hmm. probably 800 people, and, and this is not the biggest church in the town either. Like, there are other... And I was thinking, like, if you could get 800 people out to just... Because, I mean church as far as entertainment goes it's not that great i mean <laughs> i don't think it's meant to be entertainment <laughs> like i don't think uh i don't think like uh you or i are gonna pack the seats the way jesus can <laughs> well yeah it's something to work something to work towards i think <laughs> yeah uh, you think you would have heard of that before working towards being like jesus yeah somebody like the beatles or <laughs> uh they were they, they, they were past him yeah but uh yeah I, I, it'd be nice if more people came out especially if uh they came out ready to have a good time because that's always nice and mm-hmm. there have definitely been some shows lately where you feel like you know people came out and paid money to sit down and be quiet all night i don't get it <laughs> but uh yeah. yeah you know more shows more people coming out it's always a good thing yeah uh we i want to know uh what you're up to as far as like if if anybody has been listening all this far, um, hi Gerald. <laughs> uh, what do you, what are you doing? What do you do? You have shows coming up or uh, nothing in particular at the moment. Uh, okay. You know, just playing things as they come along. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, but yeah. So, but people should watch out for you in. I mean, yeah, if I'm, like, in the middle of the street or something, like, be aware I'm around, you know. Sometimes I stand naked in my window with the the curtain up, so, you know, if that's what you're into. That's my my next (laughs) project, really, is just being naked in my own house. So Um, you should probably leave. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, you're going to keep on doing your stand-up and... Yeah, I I mean, I hope. I hope nothing, like, if my lips fall off or something, that would suck. I'm sure I could do stand-up without lips. And that would be a draw, too. It's like, oh, he's not, you know, a comic who's, like, blind or missing an arm or, like, kidnapped by Somali pirates. He's... What was the example I made? Oh, fuck, I forgot already. 
But but you're missing lips. Oh yeah, missing lips. That was it. <laughs> Have to talk about. It. Um. Well, we didn't get the snow egrets, but I think we covered pretty much everything. All right. Yeah. And um, you know what? Like, I would love to have you on again at some point. So. Oh, right on. Yeah. Thanks again, for so. having me on your podcast in my yeah, house. In your house. <laughs> Which I will upload onto other people's computers. So. Oh, excellent! It's like I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um. And how do we end it? We need something really awesome. Uh, like, I have some toothpaste. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you keep your toothpaste in your room? I do. Uh, <laughs> no, I just bought toothpaste. Man. No. Cut the show. Start from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no, I think I'll. I think I will say thank you, Matt Baskin. Thank you, Josh, for spending time with me. Fantastic. And it was good getting to know you a little bit better. Too, well, thank so. you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Oh, folks, wasn't that great? That was great. I think it was pretty cool. Uh, it's too bad it's over, isn't it? Aren't you sad that it's over? Um, well, like I said, we're gonna do some more <laughs> other different guests, but also at some point we're gonna start recycling guests and have them back again. So that so there's always uh, that to look forward to in the future. But also, if you didn't get enough of myself or Matt Vasky, um, you can always find us usually usually at the open mics is a good bet. But also, you know, uh, local shows here in Victoria. So you can find just you know go out to comedy shows here and there, and uh, you may just see us. Um, uh, we don't have anything in particular to plug, although I will mention the Mint is. Um, it's on Douglas Street. It is Wednesday every Wednesday night. It is a new open mic that's happening every Wednesday night. The Mint on Douglas Street, in the corner of Douglas and Johnson Street in Victoria, British Columbia, starting at probably eight o'clock. I want to say, uh, but if you're a stand-up comedian, show up earlier, sign up, get a spot, and it's going to be really fun, really fantastic. Brand, you know, always nice to see a new mic, and of course. The old standby is Ratfish every Monday and Thursday. Mondays is the open mic. Thursday is the select show. Come on by to that at, on uh, Gorge Street at the Ramada, um, one two three Gorge Street in Victoria, British Columbia. And of course, if you're not in Victoria, find out what you, your local com- comedy shows are, where your local mics are. I'm sure you have a lot of really cool people there too. And I wish I was there with you, but uh, for now. I'm in Victoria, and um, yeah, thanks for listening, you guys, and uh, Happy New Year once again. We're going to do a lot more of this podcast as the year goes by, so who knows what we have in store. It's going to be good. All right, bye for now. Theme song.